Good morning, family. And good morning to all of those who are online with us today and who are here for the first time. You are in the right place. We're so glad you're here. Our text today, Mary's discovery on the hill. There's a great mystery in the universe, and it has yet to be understood by the world and those who deny the calling of God to Christian service. You see, skeptics today still don't believe that God truly talks to his children. Skeptics don't believe that God has ever actually spoken to his children. Skeptics don't believe that God could actually be giving direction to those who hear his voice, know his voice, and recognize when he's speaking. And so what I'd like to do in this text today is reveal to you how God spoke to a young woman whose name was Mary. And he actually called her to be the mother of the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. This mysterious and majestic call from God commissions Mary, beloved, to do what nobody on the earth has ever done before. So what we're going to discover in this text today is that when God calls you to a great task, the first thing to recognize is it's a call to a journey. The second thing to recognize is it not only a call to a journey, but it's a call to joy. And all of these things happen in Mary's life in a special place because she's a special woman. So let's unpack this today as we study about Mary's discovery on the hill. Our first point for you today, the call to a journey. In verse 39 and 40, the Bible says this, Now Mary arose. And she arose in those days and she went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zacharias and she greeted Elizabeth. Let's unpack this right here. RCC, when we arrive at this portion of our text, we first discover that the first thing Mary does after receiving instructions from the angel Gabriel is she heads towards the hill country to the city of Judah. Now, according to scholars, she's headed to the place that's called Hebron. Now, Hebron is a place that was known for being the city of the priest. It was a region in Judah that was situated high up on the hill. Now, how we know it's Hebron is because she is going to the preacher's house after having an encounter with God. That's right. After God had visited her through the angel, now she wants to go get interpretation of what had just happened to her lives. And, and, and the priest at that time, they lived in a community like a priestly village, if you will. Hebron was the, the village of the priest. 
Zechariah, the priest she's going to visit, is cousins to her, uh, uh, well, is husband to her cousin Elizabeth. And he served in the priesthood. She served with him as a family doing the ministry of God. And I like this. Together they lived up on the hill. (laughs) In community. In the place where other believers live. Now for Mary, this is the beginning of her journey. It's after God revealed himself to her. And now she starts on a journey to find out more about who God is and what this is he's calling her to do. So guess what she does? She leaves little lowly Nazareth and she heads up. Did you catch that there? She's heading up to the holy place to find out more about the one who's revealed himself to her. She leaves the little ghetto projects of Nazareth and she's now on a journey searching and seeking for God. Mary has no resources. She's poor. She has no financial support. She has no means to support her journey or her travel or here it is, her mission trip. But all she knew is she needed to get to her cousin, the preacher and his bride to share with them what the Lord has just revealed to her. And I like this in this passage, Sister Lydia, because there's no indication in Scripture that the angel of the Lord told her to go to Hebron. Mary just initially on her own decides, I need to go find somebody who can tell me what this is I just experienced with God. Can I get a witness right there? I like this because it was after hearing the word from the angel that Mary decides now to go on her own discovery to find out if she could know more about the one who's revealed himself to her. And here's what I want to challenge you with today. If God has ever spoken to you, beloved, then you ought to want to connect with somebody who can tell you what this new thing means. If God has ever spoken to you or done something supernatural in your life, we ought not waste our time consulting with people who live in the natural, but let's spend time in C groups with those who live in the supernatural. I believe an amen goes right there. The world cannot tell you about what it means to talk to God. You need to be in community with those who live for God, follow God, obey God, and have a heart's desire to see him high and lifted up. You ought to take your cues from Mary today and get in one of those communities where God can speak to you and interpret what it means to have a miracle from God in your life. The Bible says that Mary arose in those days and she went into the hill country with haste. She, she, She rushed to get there to the city of Judah. And look at verse 40. And she entered the house of Zacharias. And the Bible says she greeted Elizabeth. Notice this. She left with haste. She didn't question 
or, or, or put on pause the encounter that she had with God. She quickly got after finding out what this means. And I like this because when we look at Mary in this text, someplace she finds the resources to go and get to the place where God could speak to her. And I need to say something right there. This was alarming to me this week as I begin to look for it. You know, oftentimes when it comes to things of God, we say things like, I don't have the money. Oh, I wanted somebody would do this for me. You know what I noticed about people? You always get the money to do what you want to do when you really want to do it. Mary right here in this passage finds the resources from somewhere, Brother Ken, and she gets to the place so she can sit with the elders and she can hear and discover what this miracle meant that Gabriel had revealed to her. It was worth investing in her future to find out what God was saying and what God was doing. Can I say some more? Mary got the resources to get to the preacher's house. That's a worthy investment. And this was a part of her journey after receiving insight from God. This was a part of her journey after the Lord had commissioned her, called her, and chose her to carry his only begotten son. I got a story right there I'd like to share with you. I can remember when it was time for me to go to college around 1984. I'd never left Los Angeles, the Watts area, but I had a high school teacher who had begun to invest in me and disciple me. Her name was Jackie Lyons. Jackie had to leave Los Angeles, the Watts area, and move back to Fresno up north to care for her aging father and parents. It was there that Jackie contacted me the summer of 84 and said, what are you doing? What's the Lord doing in your life? I said, Jackie, I don't know what God is doing. I'm, I'm floundering. I'm, I'm getting in trouble here. Jackie said to me, the Lord told me that you, Tommy, and Dean, these were my three buddies, you need to get out of that neighborhood and you need to relocate to Fresno. I called my homeboys and I said to them, hey, guys, Jackie said that Jesus said we need to come to Fresno. And you know what we did? We pulled our little pennies together. We got a U-Haul truck. We threw our beds that our parents gave us and our little nightstands, threw them in the back of a U-Haul truck, and by faith, we moved to Fresno to find out what God was saying and what God was doing. We never left our neighborhoods. We had never traveled outside of Los Angeles. But because Jackie said that Jesus said we wanted to hear God speak, and by faith, we left our families. We left our neighborhoods. We gave up everything we had to experience God. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that just like Mary, you and I have to be willing to live on faith with God. And when God gives you the encounter to meet him and to join him and what he's doing, that is the invitation to journey with God. Let me see it this way for the people in the back. Somebody may be wondering today, what is God doing in my life? Go back, baby, and listen for the invitation. Whenever God is calling you to do something, it always calls you to leave your comfort zones, RCC. It's never comfortable when you walk for God, when you live for God. 
when you want to serve God. It's always a call to live life on mission. Won't you help me today? Look at your neighbor and say, amen, amen. We've looked at the call to journey to the hill. Let's look now at the call to joy on the hill. The Bible says in verse 41, and it happened. Woo, that's loaded right there. Just that piece. What happened? Uh, when Elizabeth heard of the greeting of Mary, her cousin, that the babe, remember, this is a miracle baby, John the Baptist, right, that was prophesied to the priest two weeks ago was going to be born. John, that baby, leaped in his mother's womb. And Elizabeth, when John leaped, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. And she said, blessed are you, Mary, among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. Let me unpack this for you. Beloved, when we come to this portion of the narrative, you and I get to see something powerful taking place. See, the joy of the Lord is on display at the preacher's house. And it's the preacher's wife and it's in the womb with the baby because of the calling of Mary to respond to what the Lord was doing in the earth, that joy floods Elizabeth's life. And when Mary arrives at the preacher's house, you and I see the holy activity in the womb of Elizabeth. Well, what happened, pastor? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says that when she heard the voice of Mary, John, inside of Elizabeth, jumped leaped inside of her. Look again at the text. It was at the voice of Mary that the baby moved by God to recognize the presence of the Lord. Scholars believe that Elizabeth was probably about six months pregnant right here. John and Jesus historically are about six months apart from one another. They too are cousins. The Bible told us two weeks ago that John, when he was going to be born, was going to be born filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, yes, that he would be, have the joy. So when he hears Mary's voice, he jumps because the Spirit of God recognizes the Son of God. <laughs> oh, that's just good preaching right there. Come on, help me, somebody. When, when, when Mary enters the house, John, the ambassador for Jesus, he's the forerunner from Christ, he instantly rejoices. And when he rejoices, his mother feels it on the inside. I like this right here, and I like it primarily because back then, the Holy Spirit had not yet filled the believers. According to the work and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God would come upon people for great works of service. But it's not until the book of 
Acts that he comes to indwell the believer. What a beautiful picture. But here we see him inaugurating his work in the earth by already filling John the Baptist. And now Elizabeth gets a picture of what it's like to have the spirit of God down on the inside moving. Yes, at the great exclamation of joy in the earth. Mm. God, yes, enables Elizabeth after John leaps to proclaim what God is calling Mary to do. And you say, Pastor, that, that, that's, we can see that. That's not normal. I mean, that's normal. Well, let me tell you why I think it's powerful. It's powerful because Elizabeth was not there when the angel appeared to Mary and gave her the good news. Elizabeth was not around when God spoke to Mary. Elizabeth was not there when heaven picked Mary out of the lineup of women in the earth and told her she was going to carry the son of the living God. Elizabeth was not there, beloved, when Gabriel commissioned her with this knowledge. Only Mary knew what that encounter with God was like. But when the spirit of God moves... He can reveal himself to other believers to recognize exactly what happened in your life. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. This is a reminder, beloved, that the call of God is always a personal thing. See, God doesn't always tell everybody else what he's doing in your life. But he will allow it to be confirmed by the testimonies of others who recognizes the spirit of God in you. Can I show you something else in this text? I'm going to wait till you say amen. amen. I think God is teaching to us about life in the womb right here. And I want to go on the record saying that the church never supports abortion. I want to go on the record and let you know that it's not how the baby gets here. It's what happens when they're here. Life in the womb is God's agenda. I don't care what the Republicans or the Democrats think. This is a holy thing. Can I get a witness? How we know this baby is alive? Let me give you evidence. The Bible says he can jump. Hey. He can hear. When he heard the voice of Mary, right, he can feel. He is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He can communicate with his mother. He can eat. He can sleep. He can breathe. He is a living being with living organs that work. It means he has a heart. He has a mind. He has a brain. He has tissues. He has cells. He has blood vessels. And everything that a person has on the outside of the womb, baby John had it on the inside. That's just worth you coming to church. This is evidence, beloved. That babies in the wombs are human and worthy of living a life that God has blessed them with. Can I tell you, it's not a choice, it's a life. This is why Christians are pro-life. We do not kill unborn babies. 
We do not assassinate humans. People are made in the image of God. I can't get an amen this morning. Y'all went mighty quiet on me. Come on, listen, talk to me. Talk to me, RCC. We got to get this right. Life begins in the womb. It ends at the tomb. What a beautiful picture here of the spirit of God at work in the baby inside of Elizabeth's womb. I like that right there. The other thing I see in this verse is that when the spirit of God spoke to Elizabeth, she gave a witness to what the angel had told Mary. Look at the text, verse 42, and I'm coming down. The Bible says, then she spoke out after John leaps with a loud voice. And she says, blessed are you among women. Watch this now. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is evidence that Mary was already pregnated when she showed up at Elizabeth's house. Oh, what a beautiful picture, mothers, that those babies in you are, the, uh, that's the fruit of the womb. God's evidence of life being at work in you. And Mary confirms, or Elizabeth rather confirms that Mary is blessed among women. And her baby is blessed. Watch this. She did not say, you're the only blessed woman in the world. No, because that would have been exclusive and not inclusive. She said, you are blessed among women, meaning that God has smiled on you too. And God has smiled on the fruit of your womb. Here it is. Mary has favor from the Lord. Mary has got the blessing of the Lord. Mary has got an assignment from the Lord, and Mary has privilege from the Lord. And I like this. I like it. I'll tell you why. It's favor. It's not that Mary is all of that. It's not that Mary was without sin. It's not that Mary was a perfect human being. No, she, she had flaws like you and I. It's not like she deserved this. She was handpicked by God for this. And so she's got what I call favor because God decided to give it to her. I know the world don't understand this, but favor ain't fair. It's just favor. And whenever God calls you, he chose you. And when he chooses you, he commissions you. Mary has gotten called, chosen, and commissioned, and now it's been confirmed on the hill at Elizabeth, her cousin's, the preacher's house. Well, I got to leave you now. And as I land the plane, I want to leave you with Elizabeth's question to Mary. Look at what she says in verse 43 and 44. She says, By what, but why is this granted to me? That the mother of my Lord, she's talking about Jesus, should come unto me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe, she's talking about her son John, leaped in the womb for joy. Notice this, brothers and sisters. Elizabeth has a question for Mary in this text. And her question is, 
Why has the Lord granted me this privilege to see what he's doing in your life in the earth on my behalf? Why is the Lord revealing to me what he's about to tabernacle for nine months? Why is the Lord revealing to me the vessel he has chosen to live inside of? Why is the Lord? Choosing to reveal this to me. And I want to say to Elizabeth, daughter, God has chosen you to reveal his plan to also. He's chosen you and commissioned you to understand what he's doing in the earth. And I'm closing now, RCC. Listen, it's a mystery that God would allow you to assemble in his name. It's a mystery that God will call you and reveal himself to you out of billions of people in the world. It's a mystery that he has handpicked you, allowed you to assemble in community, to be called the ecclesia of God, the called out ones. It's a mystery. It's not that you deserve to have eternal life. It's not that you deserve to be saved from hell's fire. It's grace. It's mystery. It's a favor that God would handpick you out of billions to get to know him. That's why I can't shut up because he's called me, beloved. I got to tell everybody I know about the one who lives in me. I'm too black, I'm too tall, I'm too good looking to keep it to myself. Can I preach in here a little while? Listen, hallelujah to God who works in the brokenness of mankind. Hallelujah to God who chooses the abased things of the world to exalt himself in. That's how I got here. Hallelujah to God who gives favor to those who have never seen it before. Hallelujah to God who gives purpose to those who believe in him and have never experienced him because of the call to the journey and the call to joy. I've got to see things, RCC, I'll never be able to explain because of the call to journey and the call to joy. I will always now be able to give the Lord praise for the places I've been and the lands I've seen and the people I've been able to meet. I'm glad today that I've been called by God. I'm glad today I've been chosen to be in his church I'm glad today I've been commissioned by God to tell the good news to anyone who will listen from the north to the south, through the east and to the west. This same thing God did in Mary's life, he's doing in my life. The same thing he's doing in my life, he's doing in your life. I believe an amen goes right there. I'm closing now, but can I show you something? Jesus was called just like Mary, but he was called to serve the father. Jesus was chosen in the earth like Mary, chosen to serve the Father. Jesus was commissioned just like Mary, commissioned to serve the Father. And all of this happened on a hill. Yeah, a hill. And the joy that was set before him, he endured on the journey to redeem you and I. Come go with me to Calvary. Look at that city. Look at the place Golgotha, out on the hill. On the night on that hill called the Skull, Golgotha, outside of Jerusalem, 
His calling was confirmed through his death. Jesus says, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. Out on the hill, Brother Aaron called the skull. He was chosen to redeem mankind. No other man in history had ever had the assignment Jesus had. On the hill called Golgotha, he was confirmed as our sin offering to reconcile us back into a right relationship with God. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, beloved. But what? Have everlasting life. He died on that Friday, out on that hill. He was buried Saturday morning in another man's tomb. He lay in the grave all that weekend and early Sunday morning. God the Father raised him back to life, confirming the work of Christ and giving him the joy of the journey. And now he sits at the right hand of God, yet at another hill, <laughs> making intercession for you and I. I tell you, God's greatest work happens on the hill. And guess what I believe Sunday morning is? Sunday morning is the place where the believers travel up together to the hill of the Lord. We might be in the school, but this is the elevated position of the church. Well, God calls us to the hill to worship him. It's at the hill where we look away from the cares of this world and look to the universe where God sits high, looks low, and rose in our life. This is just not an ordinary gathering. Are you with me here? This is the holy place. This is the mountain of God. This is the hill where God speaks and gives instruction and healing and direction for your life. Let me help you here today. Quit looking at Sunday morning as a normal just get together. This is a high and holy occasion where he speaks on high to his people and empowers them to be good husbands and wives, good sons and daughters, good doctors and lawyers and teachers and, and janitors and electricians and policemen. Well, he calls them into the world for mission and evangelism. If you come here on Sunday and you miss that, you're on the wrong hill. I'm praying for you, RCC. I'm praying that as we journey together, you would have a heart to hear what God has to say as you gather on the hill. What a high, what a holy, what a sacred moment. And I'm so glad God has brought us here. Now I need you to look to somebody on your left and on your right and tell them, amen. Bow with me for a word of prayer. Thank you for this sermonic moment, Lord. Thank you for the reminder of Mary's discovery on the hill. May we too discover you afresh this Sunday morning as we gather on our journey. And may the joy and the miracle of the testimony be alive in this place for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name we worship now. Amen.